Welcome to another edition of Hockey the Podcast. They know World Cup came. It saw and it was conquered here on African soil. The first time it's happened outside of Europe in the sixth edition so far. There were highs, there were lows, but mostly there were awesome memories. And we're going to look back at an epic week on African soil in this edition of Hockey the Podcast. Welcome back to Hockey the Podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to be talking about the Indoor Hockey World Cup and to, to be talking about it with our two fine guests that helped us digest the, the tournament throughout its progress. We uh, maybe didn't get to quite do an everyday podcast because we had to preserve our voices a little bit, but uh, joining me to look back at the, the, the week that was, the week that flew by in the flash of an eye, it is uh, the legendary duo, John McEnroy and Marsha Cox. Both of you, welcome to back to Hockey the Podcast, back to the Indoor Insights. What a week. Thanks, Jabu. Yeah, what a week. It was insane. It was it was epic. It was awesome. More than that. And Mackie, uh, uh, but actually both of you, how's, uh, how's the recovery going? Have you managed to get the sleep? Has the, the post-World Cup blues struck just yet? I think I can still hear some of the jingles in uh, in my brain. It's like uh, I, I feel like I've been in a nightclub for for like ten days. But uh, it's yeah, gradually getting back to to real life. But uh, it's 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 going to take a take a bit of time. It's going to take time, but uh, you know the life will return. The 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 lack of sleep will will come right, but ultimately those memories will stay forever. It was. A World Cup just filled with so much goodness, so much greatness, so many amazing moments. The kids in the crowd, you know, I got to see my own kids sitting in the crowd watching a World Cup on African soil. Yeah, I mean, what what really is, if, if you could really summarize it, what is the resounding feeling when you think back to the week that was? Okay, uh, well, you know, Diane, you talk about, um, like thinking of watching your kids watch a World Cup on, on African soil. For me, one of the, every day was just filled with not, not just entertainment in the sense of sports entertainment and the games that were played and the quality of hockey that was, was brought for the spectators as well to enjoy. But also what I enjoyed was the camaraderie and being, being there and being part of it in a very different but a very special way as well just reminded me how valuable sports is and how valuable hockey is having seen so many friends I haven't seen in years as well coming out to watch and get behind our South African teams um, just experiencing everything in in a different light but you know firsthand being witness to like history being made, not just from our South African teams, but also USA, New Zealand, um, you know, like Iran winning a bronze medal for the second time at an indoor world cup. That's also something really special. There's a, like there's the hockey that was being played that was really 
amazing and special, but then seeing and witnessing um, all the friendships that were also being formed um, on that last night when you saw the interaction between the different teams, um, it just was a reminder of what a special sport we play and how I know that years from now people will look back at this tournament and still have a huge smile on their face when they think back of all the memories made. And yourself, Mac, is bringing you in there? I'm, I'm actually at uh, Sun City um, for a couple of days. Simon Martin uh, gifted uh, a couple of days for, for some of the, the, the team to, to just sort of recuperate. And uh, we were just about to go into the Valley of the Waves, as you do. And uh, this uh, Kiwi family said, oh, yeah, you're the bloody awesome tournament, mate. Best tournament I've ever been to. And basically, it's uh, one of the players, uh, Benedict um, from New Zealand, and his parents are at Sun City. And they just they came up to us and they just said, wow, 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 wow. We're blown away by the spirit, the atmosphere, the camaraderie, like like Marsha mentioned. And um, in terms of like an after party, I, I know we're, not, we're here to talk about what happened on the pitch, but the after party was just a coming together of so many teams, so many old South African legends. And the spirit and the fun was just total, and the the, the competitiveness on the field was total. I just it, it's a special sport for sure, and it's historic that it was in South Africa, and and more than that, it's historic that the South African teams, both teams, did so well, and uh, the achievements of both those teams, the performances of both those teams, um, really really inspiring and. And the, the key thing for me is that it's it's the kind of um, a an opportunity, a gateway, a portal that is not going to be here all, all the time. And it's a portal that we have to jump through. We have to use the, the eyes and ears that the Minister of Sport was at um, at the arena on Saturday. Thousands of people at the arena. The production on SABC and then shown on Supersport has been amazing. Now is the time to capitalize on the most golden era of South African hockey. And it's up to us, all of us, we, to to do something with that. Well, you talk about golden era of South African hockey. Let us start with the SA Hockey Women. What a story they wrote at this tournament. It was a team that were much aligned before, maligned rather, before they came in. In, in fairness, they were pretty poor in a series against Namibia. They lacked conviction in a, a series against Ireland. But they seem to find identity. They found identity on the back of a defensive structure rather than a flary structure. And then the player that impressed me the most was Tegan Free taking her opportunities, really finding herself in, finding her confidence and, and finding her place in the team. Of course, Danny D'Olivera, Edith Medikwe, both exciting combinations. And history was made as they, they marched their way to the semifinals. Marsh, we'll bring you in here. Looking at that team, you can only be sensed, uh, filled with a sense of pride at what they achieved. Oh, absolutely. Like, I even, I still get a warm feeling thinking about it. Um, and, you know, you speak about Tegan, what I was messaging um, Lindsay right after the, the Indoor World Cup. And I just said to her, you know, what I really enjoyed was how much Tegan enjoyed every time she scored a goal. She had this huge smile on her face, probably that lasted two minutes even after the goal, yet even though she still went and played in her beast mode, uh, with her beast mode focus and determination, she she still just enjoyed it. And I think that just capitalized how much that team also enjoyed being in the moment and enjoyed playing in this tournament on home 
Tom Soil. Um, I really love the way a player like Celia Sirani came in. You know, she's she's had a baby nine months ago. And uh, for her to also just sometimes at moments carry that team with the amount of energy and determination and motivation that she, that she brought, it just shows you just the diversity that they have within that group. And um, I don't think that they actually even know how much um, how much power they they had, and sometimes I wish that they that they um, realized that maybe a little earlier in the tournament because they just got better and better as the tournament progressed. And um, yeah, really proud of their final finish, and they should be really proud as well. And, uh, you know, the other thing is, you know, I've followed this team since 2017 in Swakopmund. That's six years I've travelled around. I've been to Zimbabwe, to Croatia, to Zvetzelina. Um Often, much of my cost is my own. You know, there's sometimes a, a partial payment or spa's help. But, you know, I've followed this team and they had a clear identity. They lost that identity when they lost the African Cup. They were trying to find themselves. And this this could be the catapult to, to really great success for them going forward. Yeah, I really hope so. And, uh, you know, um, I haven't been around the South African women's indoor scene for for a number of years, but having seen it now and hearing a lot about also the players that were not part of this this particular group in the World Cup, but how, it, how much excitement is also just outside of this group. It makes me really excited about the future, knowing that, as you say, they've found their identity or... And, and are growing in confidence and you've got the exciting individuals and knowing that the the competition that's just, you know, waiting for their opportunity and knocking on their door, um, that always breeds um, a healthy competitive environment. And I'm, I'm just excited to see where, where this goes. Where nobody really knows, but if we stick to, to the women's tournament, the one thing we all knew, and that was from day one, is that it was going to take somebody special to stop the Dutch, in particular Donya Winkels. Well, Winkels, she was stopped in the final. Um, yeah. She, she was stopped in the final. She didn't score in the final. She got three assists, though. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Mackie, we bring you in here. The Dutch were immense from start to finish. They never stopped. They never, they never held back. And ultimately, they were well and truly deserving champions. I think if you had a, a, a bet... Uh, I mean, if you had a, a, a looking glass before the final and in the looking glass it said Donia Winkels is not scoring, um, we would have been pretty hopeful. Um, but testament to the Dutch's uh, depth and, uh, I mean, Van Veek. Van Veek has an absolute rocket launcher. I mean, her penalty flicks, the like, her finishes were just, like, precise and powerful. And, I mean, I loved, uh, you talk about uh, Tegan Faree and how much she was enjoying be on, being on the court. Danny Dolivera is another one. But Donia Swinkles, she was having the time of her life. I loved watching her. I loved watching her, how much she was enjoying. She was, if there was a mistake from her teammate or by herself, there was just a perspective. I thought it was a really mature Dutch team, a really exciting Dutch team, and, and totally well-deserved um, victory victory for the Dutch Um a big improvement for me 
for South Africa was their penalty corners. They 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 be, they were starting to become dangerous on their penalty corners, and you know, coupled with uh, a, a defensive fight and a defensive structure, they can become a dangerous team. And I think it's it's great to to, to be able to witness what those two elements can do. And uh, yeah, I have to reiterate what uh, Marsha said. It looked like for me that three. You talk about like capacity when you can see a player that is at full capacity. Like, mental physical capacity she was on overdrive in every game and every moment it looked like she could fall to the ground at any point and yet she kept going and kept going and kept going and the crowd her teammates just fed off that determination pure determination i mean just pure south african fighting spirit it was it was wonderful to to see you talk about pure south african fighting spirit but probably the story that really deserves a lot of credits and and coverage is that of the ukraine woman what they are currently enduring is is not something that i could imagine it's not something that i would want to imagine and it's not something that i would even want to be part of but once again we just saw how sport is able to bring humanity together and and all the circumstances that came out we saw in their opening game they were incredibly emotion emotional not just that, though. They performed admirably, and it was such a great addition having Ukraine at the tournament. Yeah, indeed. I saw them at the airport when um, on, on Sunday evening when we were all departing and um, spoke to their coach briefly, and she was also explaining, the, you know, we know that their journey to the World Cup was a very challenging one. Um, and, and this also adds to, to the emotion that they that they. Um, shared at the at their opening game, but um, yeah, their journey back home is just as you know to return home is just as challenging, and a lot of them actually won't even return back to the Ukraine um, for reasons we can all understand. Um, and I think that that also like just shows you how how much. Um, this Indoor World Cup meant to a number of nations and a number of individuals that d- despite all the um, adversity that they are experiencing back home, they were prepared to, to make the sacrifice and come out and play for their country. And I think that that speaks louder than I think Mackie and I ever spoke the, the whole week. That, that, that is debatable, Marsh. I was there. Um, DJ Chris tried to drown you out every now and again, but uh, uh, I mean, look, we spoke about the one. We're going to come back at the end and pick out our, our, our players that shone and our favorite moments. But let's just segue to the men quickly for a bit, and then we'll we'll bring it back together. The men, obviously, we as a South African-based podcast, and obviously, although we are from three different countries at the current time and well not right now Maccas but you know what I mean uh, that's where our hearts all are and we are South African um, at least two of us ha- I mean if you add all of our test caps together we almost have 400 test caps together and that's pretty special we don't have to do a split we don't have to do a split but anyway the South African men we, we talk about the women finding an identity. The South African men have a clear identity. It is full throttle, it is exciting, and it is quite simply categorized as magic at times between Mustafa and Diane, between Jethro and Domlio, and uh, with Julius in the middle. That uh, 
that core starting five, well, they matched up with anybody in the tournament and they really did bring African pride and African flair to the tournament. Well, you know, Jabi, we mentioned this one in one of the other the other podcasts. I think, like, we talk about the starting five sometimes as if they, you know, they head and shoulders above the rest. And don't get me wrong, like, the names that you've just named, they are world-class. And all the teams spoke about them throughout the tournament. But I really was so excited by the the, the players coming off the bench. It's uh, Mackie also, we spoke about it once. It's not easy to come off the bench and just stay at that same level that the players who are starting on the field um, have, have put out there. And players like Chad Fritter, like, he was exciting, you know? Like, every time he got the ball, you thought something was going to happen. So I think, like, we mustn't underestimate also the power that we had in the full group. And that's what also, you, you know, they say, like, would Nadal be as good, uh, would Nadal have been as good as he was with, without Fedra and vice versa? And I sometimes think that that's what we have within our men's group. Like, the the Kasims are you know, they're world-class and they, they just on another mission that I don't think anybody could understand. But I think the rest of the group, the fact that they are also world-class pushes the Kasims a step even further. And the, and I love the fact that they all have, they, they just have such a team, a great team vibe. And uh, I think that that is just so exciting to see. But Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think, I can't imagine being a substitute for Mustafa and, and Diane, you know, it, it, it's, it's literally big shoes to fill. And I agree that the, the bar is just getting higher and higher. And like the rocket man, Gabella and, and the like, uh, I mean, Dan Sibold, I thought played such a mature experienced role as a support role, but a really important one. And I just think that's like you said, with the Nadal Federer example, there's many other examples in, in such an era that uh, we're just being inspired to be better. And uh, I think I think both South African teams, in a way, responded. Um, many players in both teams played their best performances in this World Cup. And that's a good sign. That's a really, really good sign. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was... We, we ruffled the feathers, no matter what Tiggers and the boys say, we ruffled the feathers of a strong Dutch team who ran Austria to the to the edge in the final. Yeah. But we ran we ran admittedly for maybe half a half a quarter or three quarters of a quarter, but we ran them ragged and we got to five three with a penalty stroke to go to five four and momentum was shifting. And momentum in the indoor game in in a home World Cup with the energy that was all behind in the stadium. Everyone who witnessed that that South African energy was just unbelievable. Who would have written off the the the, the charge of the Kasim brothers, of the Juliuses, of the Rocket Man? All of us. I mean, our tails were up, and then you know, credit to the Dutch. They go to the other end, and it's six three, and and the game is shut. No, but and no wow. keeper. Also. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's what I loved about, about this end of tournament. I don't know about you guys, but like, you, you know, sometimes you look at the end results and you go, wow, that's quite a big score. Like you, you talk about a 6-3, but actually uh, two of those goals were scored without a keeper in because that's the risk that you take, you know. And so while the results might look 
a little strange for people who did not watch that game. You know, if you actually are realistic about it, like, come on, when the opposition take their goalkeeper off and, you know, if you if you are banking on playing in the final or winning that tournament, you surely should score when they, they take their keeper off. So uh, also kudos to those teams, but our boys definitely rattled them that they that was a massive relief when they could score those those goals with no keeper. Well, let, let's, Mackie, you alluded to it, but uh, to me that final was probably the second best game of indoor hockey I saw at this tournament. I'll tell you later which was the best, uh, but it was sensational. The Austrians are, I mean, in Korupa they have one of the great indoor hockey strikers in history. He's the top goal scorer at indoor World Cup history, over 60 goals in five tournaments, you know, with more than 12 goals at, at tournaments. I mean, the consistency and the longevity of his career. Then they bring Unterkirscher on, who's just a flair player, who's exciting, who who has all of that. And when he, those two don't fire, Eitenberger and Binder show up. I mean, Binder, we, it must be said, looks like he's playing with a junior stick because he's about the size of uh, the big friendly giants. But, the, I mean, on paper, they looked like they were the favourites based on the fact that they're European champions. And I tell you what, I think they were very lucky to win that final. I thought the Dutch were actually the better team on the day. Absolutely. It was one hell of a final and full credit to the Dutch for bringing it. I thought they brought their best performance. I thought Nicky Lys was was outstanding. And, I mean, when it goes down to, to showdowns, shootouts at the end, it could have gone any way. And, yeah, full credit to, to the Dutch. I think the South African supporters were hoping that the Dutch would win in a way, just to almost give even more credibility and perspective to the South African performance in that quarterfinal. And, of course, it went down to a shootout uh, and went all the way to sudden death. It was It was a cracker. There was emotions that Austria probably getting one of the great celebrations as Unterkirscher slid from his circle to the halfway line, um, really encouraging Mopgar to spend a bit more time on the on the pitch. But the other team that we have to talk about, because we're going to circle back at the end and really talk about our favorite players and teams from the tournament, but it would be remiss not to talk about the Namibian men. They come in as the African second side. They uh, did not qualify originally. Then they were invited due to the withdrawal of Australia uh, due to COVID in Belgium. They maintained their invite when uh, Russia were banned. And boy, did they grab that invite with both hands. And their march to the quarterfinals, almost a semifinal. They pushed USA all the way. was almost just as special as the South African woman going all the way to the semifinal. I mean... I don't think Namibia could have been physically any closer to to at least equalizing. Their, their star player and BMT specialist, the guy who just rises and grows in the big occasion, Liam Amanis, had a chance in the final 20, 30 seconds, I can't remember exactly, with the stick on his ball right in front of the keeper, and he just, it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen on the day. But my, oh my, the spirit of the, the team, of Coach Cormac, of... The, the Namibian crowd, they left a tremendous mark on on the hearts and minds of people in Pretoria. And uh, they're not done yet. They're young players and uh, they're on the march. I mean, how exciting is it that we've got two African teams that are, are planning for 2025 with a view to, to, to placing? 
to placing themselves with a medal around their necks. That is exciting, and that is realistic. It's not pie in the sky. The other team who also, as as we wrap up this section, is USA. Jason Mulder led USA simply sublime in their march to the semifinals. When they got there, they just ran out of legs in the end of the day. But again, just a, such an exciting team playing good indoor hockey. Absolutely blown away. It wasn't, you know, when you found out that USA were coming to the Indoor World Cup, it wasn't... Um, I don't think anybody expected to see the team that we saw uh, when we watched them train on the the Friday before the tournament started. I remember like Mackie, I think we were also, we exchanged thoughts on like, okay, where, where, where have they been? Where have they come from? Because this is not what we expected from a USA uh, indoor hockey team. So they were looking really sharp in their preparation. And then, so we were quite excited and, and waiting in anticipation to see how they do in this tournament. And wow, what they had a magnificent, a magnificent all-round all team. They had a combination of just strength and power. And uh, they had players, you know, physically that were a lot stronger than maybe some of the other to- uh, players in this tournament. So their presence was was definitely felt. You had a player like Gandhi who, uh, yeah, he was just all over the place as well, in defense, in attack, in in everything, uh, just powering through. Um, Marsha just but, yeah. uh, likes Gandhi in in the in the cowboy hat, so just, just take it out with a pinch of salt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, he was one of the. Uh, Tyron on the commentary also mentioned him a few times. We mustn't talk too much about Tyron on the commentary because we could get banned. Okay, well, the commentators also mentioned (laughs) what a valuable player he was for that team. Um, But, yeah, I think that their penalty corner was also uh, impressive. They're just unfortunate with those shootouts. And that, I think, also was amazing how Iran... Um, manage their their shootouts, changing their goalkeeper and the smaller of the two goalkeepers being their MVP when it came to shootouts. So I think that that was yeah, unfortunate for for USA in the end. But wow, what a what a really impressive imp- uh, performance! Yeah, let's let's leave this part of the conversation there because now I'm going to put you both on the spot to pick your top players and top moments of the World Cup. But it wouldn't be right if I didn't just insert some sort of sound here. <laughs> Boom. Just because you got a sound desk, you gotta use it. You gotta use it. You see? You know, every now and again I come out with a beauty and then it's Yes. If I had that on commentary, can you imagine how many times I would have used it? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, anyway, I digress, but more importantly, right. Marsh, we're gonna start with you. Donya Zwinkels, you're not allowed to say because everybody said okay, it. She got and okay. same with Fabian Unterkirche. They got the player of the tournament. We know all about them. Who are the unknown players, the players that didn't get individual awards? That, oh, so I can't uh, talk about Reese. I mean, you yeah, can yeah, talk yeah, a little either. bit about Reese because technically speaking, she didn't receive her award because she had to leave. Okay. And Stu Kentwell <laughs> she, picked it up. <laughs> so there's a, a caveat. Okay, well, but yeah, which are the players? She was the player who impressed me the most. Early in the week, I asked a question, why don't we see more women doing, I don't even know what the right term is for that skill, but where you pull the ball around the, the defenders and you, as you push it, you take to there and you score your goal. And 
like literally three days later she did it so for a player she's 14 year old from united states of america um a country will be probably have never seen at a world cup in the world cup um we've seen them also play in very few outdoor world cups it's not it's not a country that you see regularly on on major at major sports uh, uh hockey tournaments but wow i was really impressed by her not only for her age but she we talk about her age as if that is the reason she's so good but no she she was competing at a ladies tournament and she was one of the best players at the tournament yeah, I mean, my wife still messaged me when I was on commentary and I said 14. And she was like, no, that, that can't be. She doesn't look 14. <laughs> if, she was, if she was 20, the way she played, she would have won Young Player of the Tournament. It just, she was so good that yeah. at 14, you're kind of pinching yourself. Mac, it's your turn to come in here. Marsh, we'll come back to you for another one or two. Mac, is a player that stood out for you in the tournament? I'd like to mention Cherie Gravenstein. You know, if, if you look at her... Her athleticism is, is not something that's remarkable. And um, uh, and you could easily miss her. But I think she is a rock in the, the South African team. And again, much like Celia Sarani, when she makes a save, uh, her little, like, she does like a little shuffle, like a, like, a, like a dog that comes out of the water and she like shakes. And the team feeds off her. And I think she made a lot of crucial saves. And just her spirit, her, her she's like a lion heart. And I think she's been doing it for a long time for the South African team. And it was just wonderful to see her there. Very like a minimalist uh, goalkeeper. I think the, the era of minimalist goalkeepers as in small movements, uh, big physical presence, confidence, angles, reading the game. I think she got it right. And then, I mean, I'm, obviously it's two South African players that I'm mentioning. But D- Danny D'Oliveira is enjoying her hockey. She is going out there and she has a smile on her face, but she is tenacious. She takes chances. She is creative. She is potentially South Africa's brightest, uh, brightest talent. I mean, she is, she is South Africa's brightest talent. And, uh, and it's just wonderful to see how she took to, um, uh, took to the World Cup. Being at the World Cup, it's not, it's not easy for a 19-year-old player, I mean, let alone a 14-year-old player. I mean, that's just unfathomable. unfathomable. But the, the way that the, the Reese Darianos and the Danny Doliveros just looked at home at a World Cup, I think it, it just shows these players are, are world-class and they're meant to be there. It's their, it's their arena. Yeah, you talk about 19-year-old players. Katharina Bauer from Austria was one that I really, really enjoyed playing she got three goals to her name just 19 years of age and she looks like she is a a seasoned professional at the game of indoor hockey um marsh any others from your side on the ladies side on the ladies side i would like to also pay tribute to um, maggie mango from namibia it was her final tournament she is a, a player who's been around for many many years um but even though Namibia probably underperformed in in their own eyes, um, Maggie was a player that you didn't expect her to be the one to to um, be the game changer for that Namibian team. And they would be two 0 down, and then suddenly they would they would come Maggie making a a tackle on her in a defensive circle and then charging through the field and scoring a goal, you know, and she did that in nearly, nearly all of the games that they played. 
um, and just got not just a, not only her team motivated, but the rest of the crowd got super excited about the way she changed the game for them. It's unfortunate, though, that there weren't enough Maggies in that Namibian team, I think. They would have been much, much better. But just want to pay tribute to her and what she's done for Namibian hockey and even at this tournament, the fact that she came out and she had the time of her life. And despite being the oldest person, probably oldest player, essentially oldest women's player at this tournament, um, she she brought it. And it didn't bother her that, you know, uh, maybe uh, players that are 20 years younger than her were playing against her. She she brought us and she carried that Namibian team through another spectacular uh, event. Um, and it was her final hurrah uh, for, for Namibia. And I just want to pay tribute to her and all my not only for Namibia, but for African hockey as well. Yeah, I fully agree. We hope Maggie enjoys her retirement. Uh, we know that they're going to try and bend her arm to get her back on the court, but uh, she assured me that that was it. This was the time to go out. She wants to be a mother and a and a professional now, no longer a hockey player. So, uh, <laughs> Maggie, congratulations on a wonderful career from all of us, not only here at Hockey the Podcast, but everybody in the African hockey family salutes you for the the services to the game, having represented. Namibia in all three of their World Cup appearances, something absolutely special. Let's segue over to the men's side. I'm going to start this time so that neither one of you steals my name. But uh, Marius Lesser from the USA, he was uh, a nominee for the young player of the tournament. And what an exciting player he was. He, he is an opportunist in the way he played. He managed to get into positions that... Uh, really gave him opportunities. It's it's like he could read the game. And, you know, in a team where there's the likes of Pat Harris and the likes of Aki Kepler, who are your big names, the small name made sure he was the biggest presence on the field and, and was a big part of what was right from, from USA. So, I stole one of yours, Mackie. Over to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I liked uh, Lesser. He, he never... I, I don't think if any of his goals touched the net... All his goals were bottom left, bottom right. He was so precise, this guy. He knew when to shoot, and he was popping up at the right time at the right place. Yeah, I I, uh, I fully agree with, with that. I mean, like you guys said earlier, the American team across the board, and I mean, I can't think of... Uh, I mean, Kokorakis, I think it's Kokorakis. He's like a, like, a, like a skater boy, like super like small and nimble and agile. I loved when he came on the field, things happened. His first touch was beautiful. He took chances. The whole American team, I mean, the, the, the Kentwell, the, the, the Ford Kentwell of the brothers, um, just super exciting, super direct, super fearless. The American team, and I, I would like to mention, uh, like we have already, um, Jason Mulder. I loved his calmness. He exuded confidence on the bench. He was like, I know this team is good. And I'm going to, you know, and there was just a belief about the the American team and, and a warranted belief. And I think they're going to be back for more, along with the the Argentinians. I think the Argentinians got a taste of this World Cup event, this, this spirit. And uh, imagine the Argentinians with more than four supporters because they were the loudest supporters in the history of the world. Uh, absolutely. Marsh, bringing you in. 
player that stood out. Speaking about Argentina, I quite like the captain Juan, and we all butcher his surname, so I won't say it. I won't butcher it. El Segi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought he was really good, and he was really impressive for for Argentina. Um, I agree with all the names that that you guys mentioned, and of course, uh, we shouldn't forget Mickey Lies from the Netherlands. He was just a playmaker uh, for their team. Oh, absolutely, and and is another name that I really uh, struggled with on commentary. Uh, Simchik, the uh, Austrian keeper. Is there has there ever been a more laid back goalkeeper in the world of hockey? I mean, the man Simon Martin. I even think he makes Simon Martin look stressed. They, I mean, the guy makes a save with his helmet and just kind of stands there. And afterwards, the uh, the Austrian media were there, and I said. You know, he's the most laid-back guy. He says, yeah, he doesn't even have energy to smile. And he showed me all the photos. <laughs> Not one smile. Just dead straight pan face. <laughs> Thumbs up. I mean, what a legend. Uh, Mackie, any other ones you want to add before we uh, go to our favorite games of the tournament? Men's team. No, I, th- I mean, Lice is, is effortless and, and like a masterclass. Masterclass uh, indoor player. Dutch captain, I, I think, is a powerful player and exudes confidence, exudes strength. Um, you know, there's a couple of players in, in the Dutch team that should be mentioned. Um, Liam Amaris, yeah. I think, I'd like to mention. You know, uh, he he grew into the tournament. He, he started off slow, as the Namibian team did. But, uh, I don't know, he's a tough character. He's a tough character. I, I want to be next to him in the trenches. And, uh, I mean, I think he's still early 20s. So, one to watch. I, I hope that he kicks on and, and becomes, uh, you know, a world-class player. Uh, absolutely. I don't doubt it. I think he's got what it takes, um, as we've already seen him play for the All-Stars. Very impressive player. Right. I've given you a bit of time with my, my babbling throughout the episode, but I'd like to know what was your favorite game? And you're welcome to give two of this entire Indoor Hockey World Cup. It can be men's or women's, whichever one you prefer. Can I go first? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, South Africa versus Czech Republic and South Africa versus Argentina. Boom. The men, what? of course, when yeah, you took my Czech I Republic. Mean, I mean, the yep. Czech Republic game was so tense. It was on a knife edge. It was it was tough to umpire. We managed to stay on the right edge of the discipline, and then the Czechs somehow got onto the wrong side of the discipline, and that was the start of our momentum. And then to to um, I mean, there's no words for the Argentinian match. You know the context of it, and and that goal, that goal by Mustafa Kazim. I mean, he is the young player of the year in indoor and outdoor within a few weeks apart he is the best young player in the world and he's south african yes it's insane that's pretty it's, cool it's amazing what about you marsh I, I must admit the quarterfinal belgium iran that was also a game for me that was just mm. insane and then for it to go to shootout and the shootout to be like going on forever you know, like we were, I think, how many sudden deaths did we go through, and and then you had this everything happening on the one end, all this excitement and tension, and nobody knew like who's going to score the first goal, um, or which keeper was going to save the day. And when you looked to the other end, the the empty goal was the um, 
one of the Iranian senior players with the Belgian captain because they couldn't handle the tension. They were just sitting together throughout those shootouts, sitting next to each other, like supporting each other as both their teams were taking on this massive challenge of of securing a position in the semifinal. That was an insane game and also an insane moment for me just to see, you, you know, like, I don't think that I would ever be able to be comforted by the opposition at a moment where all I'm wanting to do is beat them. So so no, none of those uh, Laureus Sports Awards for you for Sport for Goodmarsh, but those two could be nominated. That's fine because you would have been in the conversation for best player if they had the Laureus <laughs> Sports Awards back in your day. Shots fired, late, shots fired, time. shots fired, shots <laughs> fired. Uh, yeah, so for me, two games that I wanted to to pick out on the men's side, the, probably the most bonkers game of indoor hockey I've ever watched in my life. Czech Republic 8, Iran 8. And there were five goals in the last quarter, seven goals in the first quarter. And it was just end-to-end. And of course, obviously, we were watching it a little bit as South Africans just because it would influence our finishing position if Czech Republic managed to get a win. But uh, Iran getting it over the line with two goals right at the end to to draw the game and go ahead of South Africa and then ultimately saw them play Belgium. But it was bonkers, man. Like, I I remember looking down at the the clock and seeing nine minutes gone and the score's 4-3 and thinking, does that mean we still got three more quarters of this? It was, was, promise you, it was just something that was... One of those things that you you never look back at and uh, and not smile. A proper bonkers game. Czech Republic were obviously already eliminated, so they just played with a careless abandon, and that's pretty much what both teams did in their defence was just abandoned. Of course, on the women's side, the the game that really impressed me, and again, it 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 was disappointing for the one team, but it was the USA Netherlands three two. USA were immense. It it was the best team performance of any of the 12 teams in that tournament and yet it came at the wrong time in the wrong game against the wrong opponent you know had they put that in against South Africa had they put that in against Australia they probably would have got victories in those games they didn't and ultimately putting in the finest team performance of the tournament in a game that that made no difference to them as they saw themselves slip to the 9-10 place playoff it was also, I mean, obviously, I love a last second goal, but it was heartbreaking for you. So they've been immense. And uh, USA, uh, Netherlands managing to score with exactly seven seconds left on the clock. What a, what a story. What a great game. And what a great advert it was for the tournament. There were goals. There were, there were star players. There were moments. You know, we, we have to, it would be remiss not to, say uh, congratulations to Simon Martin, but also to all the volunteers because there was a specific volunteer that also stole the show. He is the most viewed Instagram video from the entire World Cup with over 100,000 views to his video. He created a dance with you, Mackie. He had kids. And Mm. do you know what I love is the pride he took in this opportunity, Andre the Mop Guy. I mean, (laughs) it was just, it was a, a... a ridiculous thing, you know, I was I was joking in a commentary game. He came on and I was talking about his technique and, you know, the next morning there were three people in the, the crowd with We Love Mopka. And it just took off. It just, it was one of those generic things and it, and it really was 
something that was just so quintessentially South African and so beautiful that, you know, this guy became a hero for all. Um, the hero that we didn't know we wanted, but he ended up being the, the hero we needed. And that is the story of this Indoor Hockey World Cup, was there were heroes without capes. It was the volunteers. It was the LOC. It was the umpires. It was the media. It was the vendors outside. It was the South African spirit that ultimately, for me, was the, the winner of this World Cup. South Africa was given the opportunity to host the world. And once again, we rolled out the blue carpet. And we hosted sensationally. I had times South Africa can challenge your, your sense of pride with what goes on. You know, when, when the lights turn off, when the roads get holes in them. But there's opportunities like this where... We're South Africa. We just come together. And, you know, I am someone who's always been proudly South African. But that goes to a new level with tournaments like that. Mackie, I'll start with you. Any closing remarks from you about the Indoor Hockey World Cup? Jabu, one thing that I'm feeling really strongly right now, and, and I mean, we we um, we go back a long way, not just in hockey. We go back in, in, our, in our collective work in Unaguaja, which is a... Uh, a charitable movement and uh, focusing on education on upliftment in in south africa and what i want to sh share it it, it also um, connects with with your points and marshes about ukraine and just the the transformational power and importance of sport in the world and also the opportunity that exists right here right now in South Africa with these brave men and women who are performing and becoming world-class and the the importance of their journey goes way beyond the, the hockey field and uh, I believe this was an incredible showcase an incredible um, display of South African spirit and ability and I hope I really 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 hope that this World Cup is the catalyst to to mass support, to real support of of both um, South African teams' programs in indoor and outdoor, because sport makes a difference. Sport inspires a nation, and and especially a group of players that are representative of of many colours, of many backgrounds, of many cities, and and that is powerful. And and I think that uh, we need to do something about that. I mean, I, I feel like I can't add anything to that, Mac. Because, Marsh, your your closing yeah. thoughts on the it's difficult to follow that <laughs> when you <laughs> completely um, agree. So well well said, Mackie. I think I think we've got um, an exciting story that needs to be told, and we need to tell it loud, and we need to we need to support our players in in telling their both the individual stories, but also the story of this bunch of players and what they've endured and uh, and what they've managed to achieve so far, but also how much potential they have to achieve so much more. Um, the world is standing still when we when we talk about certain names that they, they the world stands still, um, and I think that that is just inspiring. They have inspired a nation. They, you see the 
the youth that come out, the kids who are shouting in the crowd for our men and our women and the names that they're saying and the things that they're chanting, we, I agree with Maggie, it's our duty to go out and allow them the opportunities that maybe were never afforded to, to some of us because they deserve nothing but the best. I, you guys are, are, are poets, not just MCs, <laughs> but uh, I, I think the best way to round up a World Cup on African soil is, in the words of Nelson Mandela, a winner is a dreamer who never gives up. We hope that around the world, wherever you are listening to this podcast, we, we hope that you are dreaming. We hope that nothing is derailing your dreams because it was a dream to host a World Cup on African soil. It's no longer a dream. It's a memory. And we hope to make many more of those with you on the field of hockey. Thanks for listening to Hockey the Podcast. Thanks for watching hockey. And thanks for helping our sport become one of the greats around the world. Cheers.